Adam, are you ready to call this meeting to order? So let it be written, so let it be done, my podcasting amigo. Hey, buddy, you know what? What? This is our first episode after the holidays. Happy 2019, brother. Yeah, happy new year. Did you have a wonderful and joyful holiday season? Of course I did, and you know it. (laughs) That's so good. That's so good to hear, buddy. I have a question for you because you're so into Christmas. Yes. As a big fan of Christmas, how do you come down off the high and adjust to non-Christmas life after it's over? It's really difficult, actually. I would figure. That's why I'm asking. Like, how do you do it? How do you um, no, not not just how is it done? How do you do it? Because it's, this <laughs> this question is specific to Adam, who's obsessed with Christmas. Well, I got to be honest. Um, it was a lot more difficult as a child because I never wanted to go back to the real world after the holidays were over. Like it was really depressing. You know, there were some aspects of my childhood that weren't pleasant. Sure. So as I got older, I was determined for that not to happen, and I just it was it's a weird situation. It's a cop out answer. I was just like, I'm just not going to let that happen. So, um, coincidentally with that determination, I also got a job that was always really packed the first week back from Christmas. So I always enjoyed a great Christmas week. And then I just went back to work and I just threw myself into work until, you know, I didn't really have time to think about how much I missed Christmas. Cause I just began to look forward to the next year immediately. And then at some point you realized I don't have to miss Christmas. I can have Christmas all the time. Exactly right. I keep it in my heart every day of the year. (laughs) Good for you, man. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. All right. Well, listen, as you know, our show is a proud member of the Podfix Network. Podfix like a mother. That's right. Still works. (laughs) The slogan still works. 2019 is a new year. It sure is. And I have an exciting announcement. Oh, do tell. This is legitimately going to be surprising to you and you're going to be excited. Okay. So a close friend of the show and one of our fellow interns has joined the network. What? And this is not a put on for the show. You legitimately do not know what I'm talking about, do you? Oh, no, this is, uh, I have no idea. Christopher DeVos in Podcast 42 is now a fellow podfixer. Are you serious? Yes. That means that he can now say Podfix like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he most certainly can. Welcome, buddy. Welcome, welcome. You're going to like it here. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. I That's know. Amazing. Congratulations. We'd like to extend a warm welcome to Chris and his crew. They are great. We love them. And we're thrilled to have them part of the network. Wait a second. Was he buttering us up with his holiday messages about how great we were just so that he could become part of the Podfix network? No, not at all. I, I just think Chris is a great guy. And his, <laughs> no, sh- and his I, show is great. I actually spoke to him after that. And, uh, and you're right. He's completely awesome. I love that guy. Yeah, he's fantastic. And so it makes it even better. Um, I mean, we, we would have interacted with him probably just as much whether he's in the network or not. But having him part of the network is even better. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's big league, man. Welcome. It really is. We're really excited. So welcome, guys. Okay, well, let's get into our top contributors. Yeah, let's do it. Starting off a brand new year with brand new top contributors list. That is correct. So coming in the 10 spot, making the top 10... Vanessa York. Vanessa, dude, she has stepped it up. She really has. There's no question about that. 
I think you're going to be a little bit surprised, but also very impressed at our number nine. Okay. Because this guy is relatively new to the group. When he joined the group, he came in kind of in the mid-20s, immediately started climbing to the top. He spent a little bit of time in the mid mid to low teens. Now is in the nine spot. That would be Scott Remfrey. Dude, Scott Remfrey has dominated the chart climbing. He has catapulted. Yeah, he's. I and would say that he's he's trebucheted his way up the top <laughs> contributors list. Trebucheted. <laughs> Excellent word. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we've made him kind of our unofficial intern in charge of jokes. Yeah, he he's a veritable siege engine of jokery in, a, in the Gravity Beard interns page. Keep it coming. <laughs> Please. All right, so number eight is uh, Vlado from It's Not Rocket Surgery. Number seven, she came into the top ten, I think, for the first time last episode, but has remained there. And number seven is Laura Thompson. Oh, yeah, definitely a climber. Number six is a longtime solid contributor and our pun turn, Brisky Cawthon of turn of phrases turn of phrases okay so chris i need to pause for a second because brisky did me a huge solid and i just want to say how impressed i am at her so as you know i'm working on a massive massive video project it is a lot of fun it's very rewarding but it's almost overwhelming in the amount of work that it is so as i'm editing this project i'm also developing storyline and narration and script writing and i just knew that in this one part i needed a pun Okay, I needed a pun to transition from the main content of the show to a judge's deliberation portion. And as soon as you realized you needed a pun, you knew exactly where to go. Right, but this was not, this was kind of a shot in the dark, too, okay? Because, you know, anybody can look on the internet for memes and pun memes and that kind of stuff. So I, I, I queried, I, I sent a Facebook message to Brisky. I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. I need a pun. Can you help? And I was expecting probably no response because it was during the workday. She responded almost immediately with not only two and a half great puns, but I immediately loved them, put them into the script. They're recorded. They're in the final version of the show. And will now, every time you watch that version, that episode of this TV show, you will hear the pun that she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So I would just wanted to say thank you, Brisky. Number one, for your quick response. Number two, your incredibly high quality punnage. And uh, number three, I'm just so impressed that you're not just some like meme hack. So Chris, as our first act of 2019, I would like to promote Brisky Cawthon to... More seasoned intern. Yes, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was really, really impressed. And uh, yeah, it's in the final version of that episode, so that's done. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, if anybody thought that that this was just a silly Facebook group where we we're all pretending, that is not true, sir. No, I mean this is real world stuff. So, Brisky, whenever that episode launches, I'll let you know. That's so cool. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, let's get into our top five. In the five spot, the colonel, our roving reporter, our nickname specialist, Jim Weir. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Number four is Luke Umshide. You also might know him as Chimichanga. Chimichanga and Luke from the road. And Luke from the road. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Don't sound surprised. Number three, the king of the internet and host of our elimination polls, Paul Chomo from Varmints. Oh, dude, he's been crushing it over the holidays. Seriously. Number two... Our food intern, Tiff. Oh, the amazing Tiff. And number one, holding steady, co-host of the pop-up film cast, 
Keith. Mr. News Quick Hits himself. What's up, <laughs> Quick Hits? <laughs> and, and let me just let me just say this. We, we've gone on and on and on every single episode, including this one, for good reason about how great everybody is. Yeah, and, and, and that's that is all, that is in all sincerity. Uh-huh. However, and we haven't we haven't given this designation out, but I think I'm ready to give out a designation. Whoa, what? Yes. Okay. Against some ridiculous competition. Ridiculous. Uh-huh. I think Keith might be our group MVP. Well done, sir. Congratulations. You have earned that title well. You are the reigning MVP of the Gravity Beard interns. Yep. Okay, here's here's some other great uh, contributors. Corey McCord, Science Team Science Face, and our resident Flat Earther. I love f- that guy. <laughs> he's awesome. I do as well. And he's going to come back on the show. We've got plans, he and I. Oh, sweet. From the Fish Nerds podcast, the one and only Clay Groves. Can we please, please give a shout out to Clay Groves for his awesome beard Facebook video? Oh, my that goodness. That was amazing. It really was. From Blazing Caribou Studios and Feast on History, Carrie McGinnis. The great Carrie McGinnis. The great Carrie McGinnis. From Play Comics Podcast, Chris Osborne. From the Cretans Guild, Bob Haynes. Jess Ann of New Zealand and Unicorn Onesie fame. And the podcast sweetheart. That's right. Brian Shampoo, Leslie Morgan, Tori. And, of course, the newest member of Podfix, Christopher DeVos of Podcast 42. God, what a great group of people you have like named over the last five minutes. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> it's just, I mean, just in general, this group kicks ass. You know, and I was thinking about that over the holidays as, as I was being entertained by this whole group, even though I was slammed. Just, I just love these people, man. Like, it just made me happy. I was always looking forward to seeing what was going on in there. Yes, I 100% agree with that. As always, this is not a complete list. There's so many other who, others who contribute to the show, and we appreciate all of you. Yes, 100%. All right, let's move on to January birthdays, Adam. Let's do it. All right, so on January 1st, a New Year's baby, my father-in-law, Harry Cummins. Oh, wow. Happy birthday, Harry. Yeah. January 3rd is a good friend of mine, Ryan Bricker, and Sarah Stapleton of Life is Messy, and Sarah Hacks for that. Sarah Hacks for that. I spoke to her the other day via Facebook message, and she is awesome. She is awesome. January 5th is my buddy, Travis Hebert, who was on the second Gravity Beard episode ever, Wow. And he was on six of the first ten episodes. Oh, wow. So he was like a regular player for a while. Yes, he was. January 8th, my brother-in-law, Stephen, my mom, and Elvis Presley. Wait, Elvis was on the 8th? Yeah. No kidding. I didn't know that. Yep. On the 11th is the birthday of Vanessa York's daughter, Layla. Oh, happy birthday, Layla. And you will have to sing the song, Layla. (laughs) Uh, January 14th is the birthday of my dad, Actually, both my parents turned 75 years old this year. Wow. Congratulations. And on January 20th, we mentioned him earlier from the Fish Nerds podcast, Clay Groves. Dude, Clay Groves makes me laugh all the time. Nonstop. He's such a good guy. (laughs) Dare I say, I love that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think you're going to like this next piece of business, Adam. Okay. We have a growing lexicon of words and phrases associated with the show and recurring bits. Would you call them a turn of phrases or just kind of like our phrases? <laughs> no, I think, I think someone else owns turn of phrases. Okay, right. But we don't really have an official tagline for the show. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> we need one. Right. Well, I, I have one that I want to nominate. Okay. This should be good. 
So here's what happened, Adam. I was in a text conversation with Paul Tromo. You mean the king of the internet? Yeah. That's right. About the Gravity Beard Super Brawl. Uh huh. More on that later, by the way. And in the middle of that exchange, he sends me a text and says, This is a very serious conversation about the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> that sounds like exactly the kind of thing that would happen. Yes. And he was dead serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> and I found that very funny. And I thought, what a great candidate for a show tagline. And it would sound something like, Gravity Beard, very serious conversations about the dumbest things ever. <laughs> it's so true. Isn't it's that so perfect? True. It's 100% perfect. And it's no surprise that that was generated by the king of the internet. The king of the internet. Yeah, And, and Paul said, if we make t-shirts, uh, he wants a profit of it. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. Once we get those uh, profits, we'll go ahead and split it up with them. Right. All of the profits. Every one of the profits. Okay. On to today's agenda. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll start with some polls. We'll go through these relatively quickly. The first are leftover from the holidays. Oh, cool. So the first one was one that I posted, which is I asked everybody if they were traveling for Christmas. 68% of respondents said they did not travel for Christmas. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So the next poll was posted by Bob Haynes. Good guy. And he asked, what's the craziest day to shop? 65% of respondents said Christmas Eve over Black Friday or Boxing Day, which I didn't, I've never called it that, but that's apparently what Return Day is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I would say it would be the 23rd or 24th for sure. Yeah, so that's what he said, Christmas Eve. Or actually, that's what the poll revealed was... Christmas Eve was the craziest shopping day. Right. Next was what we referred to earlier in the show already, and that was the beard trimming by Clay Grove. So Clay asked the group which style he should... He had a full beard, and he asked which style he should shave it down to. So the Colonel Mustard was the big winner. (laughs) (laughs) Pork Chops also got a decent number of votes, and Clay delivered big time. And shot a, like you said, shot a, a Facebook live video of him trimming his beard down to a Colonel Mustard. So the two of my favorite things about that, outside of the beard trimming itself, okay, because obviously that was the real jewel. Sure. Number one, I love how with video on, he goes, hey, this is Clay Groves and this is how I talk. <laughs> with video on. And you the can see thing, his face. You can yeah. see it's Clay Groves. <laughs> right. Of the Fish Nurse podcast. Like you don't even have to. But then the funny thing was he, he shaves it and he goes, oh, man, I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he, he said his wife wasn't much of a fan of it either, so it didn't survive very long. I watched but you know all what? like seven or nine minutes of that twice. No, I did for sure. Absolutely. But you know what? It doesn't matter how long he kept it. That is fantastic follow through. So he gets full credit. Yeah. Oh, man. That was that was like the highlight. One of the highlights of the Christmas season. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, so the next poll is also by Clay Groves. He and his wife had a disagreement, and we know from our experience in the group that the only way you can settle a disagreement is... With a poll. With a poll. You have to have a poll. So the the issue was, and we've dealt with a similar one to this, is Better Off Dead a Christmas classic? Never seen it. You know, every time you say that, you get an assignment. <laughs> I know, I know. If I haven't been under this video project, I would have like watched all these videos over the holidays when you're supposed to watch movies. Well, see, now we're just going to have a growing list. So you've got, you have a couple of assignments. But in any case, very funny movie with John Cusack. It probably is a classic. Is it a Christmas classic? So she didn't think it was, and he did. So many people said they liked the movie, 
but only Roxanne agreed with Clay that it was a Christmas classic. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So everyone else, every other person that voted in the poll said, good movie, not a Christmas classic. So unfortunately, Clay, you lost that poll. Yeah, your wife was on the majority of side of this, and we know what that means. (laughs) Well, in case there are new listeners for the 2019 year, I'll let you know that, and I quote Chris, a win occurs when you're on the majority side. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You won one and you lost one this holiday season. What determines a winner is is part of Gravity Beard lore, and what <laughs> and if you're on the Gravity Beard, if you're on the majority side of a poll, that makes you a winner. <laughs> okay, so the last and final poll for today, that is the Super Brawl, mm-hmm. and this is an idea that I came up with, and then of course I turned it over to Paul, who's our elimination poll specialist. Definitely, I, I threw a bunch of people onto a list, and other people added some, and it's a bunch of different characters from different mythologies. Is that a good way to explain it? Yeah, that's perfect. A bunch of mythos, right. Yeah, exactly. So here are the contestants in the Super Brawl. Doctor Who, Katniss Everdeen, Jeff Lebowski, Chuck Norris, Darth Vader, Pikachu, uh, the Muppet Judges, Statler and Waldorf, Grandpa Frank and Grandma Lois, (laughs) Three of the Minions, Super Grover, Godzilla, Marvin the Martian, King Kong, and the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Now, didn't you word this as to see who would, like, lose first? Yeah, it's an elimination poll, so it's last man standing. So, so when you vote, you're voting for who to eliminate. Uh, correct. That's exactly right. Yes. Which I know that a lot of people had to change their votes almost immediately. Well, which surprises me because by now they should be used to the elimination poll format. <laughs> I know. They have no one to blame but themselves. Yeah, we've already covered potatoes <laughs> and eggs as, as precursors <laughs> to this. Yeah, step it up, class. Right. You're not paying attention. (laughs) So just a brief update of where things stand now, because we've had, I think, three rounds. So in round one, the three minions, Pikachu and the dude from Big Lebowski, all face uh, elimination. Yeah. Sadly, Lois and Frank were also close, but the, the minions were the first ones out of the tournament. In round two, there was a shocking double elimination of Lois and Frank and Super Grover. So in round three, Statler and Waldorf, the judges were in trouble. Also, several people voted for Chuck Norris, which I found inconceivable. But in a shocking development, Pikachu threw a barrage of thunderbolts at Chuck Norris. He giggled because it tickles a little bit. It certainly didn't hurt him. (laughs) Statler and Waldorf, the Muppet judges, taunted Chuck Norris from a distance, as you would expect. Yeah. Chuck Norris responds to Pikachu with a roundhouse kick that vaporized him instantly. Of course. No surprise there. None at all. But the shockwave also takes out King Kong and Godzilla. Go, go, Godzilla to hell. <laughs> right. Now, in an interesting development, so in the meantime, Staller and Waldorf remain safe behind their bench. So you remember you remember in Rocky, was it four, where he fought the, the Russian? Of course. And he and the Russian bleeds. Yes, he does. I was like, oh, wow, he's mortal. So in a similar instance, the taunting from Staller and Waldorf actually caused Chuck Norris to form a single tear from his eye. Wow. The tear runs down his eye, falls on T-Rex from Jurassic Park, and vaporizes him too. Well, that makes sense. So four people were eliminated in that round. That's where things stand currently. See, that's what happens when you tussle with Chuck Norris. Well, we'll just have to see how things shake out, because that's where we're going to stop here. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned, folks, because this is going down in the worst way. (laughs) All right, Adam, let's move on to our next piece of business. Okay, next piece of business. We didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it, but 
after we got placed in our Harry Potter houses, I think you said what your Patronus was. Yes. And then, and then you asked me, and I hadn't checked mine. And so you said, hey, go check and figure out what your Patronus is and come back and tell me. It's a must-do. So I've done it. Ooh. Okay. So... So first of all, remind everybody what your Patronus was. So mine was a dolphin. Smart. Okay. And here's the other thing before I, before I say what mine is. Okay. We're in the same house. We're both Ravenclaw. It's definitely Ravenclaw. Well, my Patronus is also a dolphin. Yes, buddy. Yeah, man. <laughs> How about that? You know what? Like I said before, Chris, maybe you and I are so different after all. <laughs> we, we, we definitely are different, but that's awesome. No, we're quite different in lots of different ways. However, we're in the same Harry Potter house and we have the same Patronus. Dude, can you imagine what kind of like podcast we could whip up with a magical environment like Hogwarts? <laughs> How could it be more magical than the show we already have? You're right. It can't be, but we might have less technical difficulties with your recording system. That's entirely possible. <laughs> All right. Next on the agenda, how would you like an update to the Gravity Beard Interns dress code? Ooh, I think I know where you're going with this, and I think it's something we need to address. <laughs> I see what you did there. You see, I didn't even call Brisky for that one. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> yeah, I should have had a better one. All right, so upon Keith's recommendation, we've made an upgrade to the Gravity Beard dress code. How about Action Pants by Sansabelt? The Action Pants are... I can't believe we didn't have them before. You know. So the, the memo that Keith sent out says it best, I think. And here's what it said. A man of action needs to wear pants of action. <laughs> Sansabelt, the only slack with the patented action zone. <laughs> Here's some additional notes. Now with an extra large snack sack <laughs> and with a hundred percent daycron ability. Is that, so this dress code update is effective immediately. So we'd like to ask all interns to head down to Shimpley's right away to pick up a, a pair of action pants. Yes, we will not be reimbursing you for this uniform, but it is a requirement. It is. Okay, moving on. So Paul posted, <laughs> and I don't think he did this on purpose. He posted a micro movie review after going to see Aquaman. Ooh, this is going to be, I already, I have a feeling I know that he's going to hate it, but... Well, he didn't just hate it. He said it's one of the worst movies he's ever seen. That's a pretty bold statement, though. I mean, it's, it's probably a crappy movie, but dang, the worst you've ever seen? He wanted to walk out, but he wasn't by himself, so he, he wasn't able to. <laughs> Foiled again. Yeah. So coincidentally, I actually heard the same thing about the new Will Ferrell movie, Holmes and Watson. Have you heard anything about that? No, that's the first time I've heard about it. Yeah. So as it relates to Aquaman and Holmes and Watson, consider yourselves warned, listeners. Has anybody seen Vice? Are you calling for a micro movie re review from someone? <laughs> yes, I 100% am calling for a micro movie review. Okay, let, so I'm going to say this. Adam is up to his eyeballs in work, and yes. I have four children. So neither one of us have the opportunity to see nearly as many movies as we'd like. <laughs> so if you as the listener or members of the Gravity Beard Interns or both would do us the favor, and if you would go to see whatever movie you choose, we're not even going to tell you what movie, and then call the hotline at 321-465-2180 and give us a brief 30-second to one-minute review of whatever movie you went to see. Yeah, we need we need this, guys, because, you know, you're, you're our eyes and our ears out there. Okay? That's right, because cause we're not going to get to go see these movies. No, you, we have to live through you, through your micro-movie reviews. 
That is correct. And speaking of micro movie reviews, just a reminder to you, Adam, I know you're yeah. busy, so yep. whenever you get around to it, you actually owe us one for the movie, the Chevy Chase classic Fletch. That is correct. I have not forgotten, and I really wish I had gotten to it already. Yeah. So the first one was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You had not seen that. Good and movie. And you saw it, and you said you liked it. I and did. And so also another classic that you have not seen is Fletch, and so that's your next assignment. I can't wait to get on it. Okay, Adam, I haven't told you about this either. Okay. But I don't think this will be a surprise to you, but the show's been doing pretty well lately. Huh. And I, in fact, I've been approached about running ads on the show. Okay. So before we continue, let's take a quick break and hear a word from one of our new sponsors. Let's do it. This week's episode is brought to you by Winter in a Can. Would you describe yourself as more of a cold weather person? No. Would you trade in your shorts for a pair of snow pants any day? Not really. Just can't take the heat anymore? Well, I mean, global warming... Then you need winter in a can. How does that even work? Simply open your can of winter with a run-of-the-mill can opener and dump that season on a plate to congeal overnight. (laughs) And in as little as 12 hours, your home will be a frozen wasteland. Wait, what? A frozen wasteland. No, no, I got that. Our seasonologists over at MacGuffin have managed to distill and vacuum seal our patented faux snow molecules for your convenience. Upon oxidation, they will expand, cool, and engulf the surrounding area within a two-mile radius. Time to call Santa, because your home will become the next North Pole. Is that stuff toxic? Let's just say we've got winter magic going on over at MacGuffin. <laughs> it smells like formaldehyde. But it's not enough to harm you. Order today and receive a free travel size of our new Winter in a Can Super Spray for when you want winter on the go. Winter in a Can. Because we all need a little Christmas in July. ha! <laughs> I need to get that in travel size so I can winterize my hotel room. You really do. I agree with that. So there you go. What do you think about our new sponsor? Dude, I feel like, you know, hopefully they'll give us some free samples as a sponsor. I know. As soon as he said Christmas in July, I thought of you immediately. Exactly. I was I like, feel... I, I know who needs winter in a can. <laughs> and you know, when a product speaks to you, you have to buy it. <laughs> it's the American way. You can't afford not to. If Winter in a Can speaks to you also, and you'd like some more information, then please check out Weird With You. It's another terrific podcast from the Podfix Network, and it can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Okay, Adam. Yes. We have... So I think recently we introduced the concept of the trifecta or the three-room apartment to the group. Yeah, we might need to get like a VRBO for this situation right now because it's just no, like... no. It's only a, it's only a three room apartment. It's called a trifecta for a reason. Tri means three, three room apartment. And I think it's uh, first of all, when it's going well, it also means that it's horribly tragic. Well, what if it's a nine room apartment? It's like three trifectas. No, see, st- no, that's not that's still not no. how this works. You're you're not you're not getting it, Adam. But uh, once again, but but what's great is that, like with most things, the group really embraced the idea, and also combined with unfortunately a lot of recent celebrity deaths, Correct. we have some we have some trifecta related business to take care of. So here are the candidates for the next spots in our three room apartment. So the first spot is already 
occupied by Penny Marshall, who died on December 18th. And that leaves the other two in this current three-room apartment. So are you ready? Yes. So Dave Ciampa nominated the first one, and that is Bob Einstein. Do you know who that is? Nope. So Einstein died on January 2nd at the age of 76, shortly after being diagnosed with leukemia. He was an American actor and comedian who began his career in the mid to late 60s. He's better known these days for playing Marty Funkhauser on Larry David's show Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Yep. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do. I do. However, I knew and loved him as the great Super Dave Osborne. Have you ever heard of that character? No. You would love Super Dave. So for anybody that's uh, just a few years older, that's closer to my age or older, they know exactly who that is. That character debuted in 1972 on the John Biner Comedy Hour. In 1980, Biner debuted a sketch comedy show on Showtime called Bizarre, where Super Dave was reintroduced. (laughs) And here's how that character is described. Super Dave Osborne was Einstein's comedic depiction of a naive but optimistic stuntman who frequently appears injured when his stunts go spectacularly wrong and result in grievous bodily injury. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. So in one example, he's seen riding in the hub of a giant yo-yo suspended from a crane, and at the top of the yo-yo, it's like paper mache into this giant hand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's going up and down. Playing, using this. <laughs> and so the yo-yo, yo-yo breaks free of its string and rolls off a cliff into a ravine. Perfect. With Super Dave inside. That's like the old tire down the hill routine. <laughs> Except much worse. <laughs> In another stunt, Super Dave is flung by a catapult inside a giant football. and the cat- so, the, so he's inside this giant football and it's supposed mm-hmm. to throw the football th- like a catapult and launch the football with him inside of it. Perfect. But instead, the catapult malfunctioned and violently spikes the football into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) It says, so you kind of get what what happens here. That's awesome. After such a mishap, Super Dave would usually appear torn apart, stretched, or otherwise maimed. (laughs) Oh, man. Thanks, Super Dave. I like that. Yeah, so... Listen, if you've never seen Super Dave, please, please, this is also an assignment to everyone listening. If you've not, go to YouTube and watch some of his stuff because all of it is hilarious. I will do that immediately following this recording. And also, one last fun fact, Bob Einstein was the older brother of actor-comedian Albert Brooks. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Which, by the way, Brooks is a, is a false last name, which means that Albert's original birth-given name was Albert, Albert Einstein. Einstein. Nice. So thank you to Dave Ciampa for bringing this to our attention. I think he is more than qualified to join Penny Marshall and occupy the second spot in our current three-room apartment. And as you would say, Adam, so it is written. So let it be done. So let it be done. That leaves one spot to complete our current three-room apartment. And Paul Chomo from Varmints has nominated this person. It's half of the singing duo responsible for this song. Do you know who this is? I I know the song. I couldn't tell you the artist. Okay. Do you recognize the name Daryl Dragon? I do. Do you really? 
In name only. Okay. So Daryl Dragon is one half of the popular 70s duo Captain and Tennille. Wow. Yeah. He died Wednesday, according to his publicist, Harlan Bull, and he was 76 years old. He was a brilliant musician with many friends who loved him greatly, Tony Tennille said in a statement. Tennille was at Dragon's side when he passed away. So that song was Love Will Keep Us Together, one of their big hits. The duo is also known for songs including Do That To Me One More Time and a cover of this delightful song. (laughs) And a cover of this delightful song. (laughs) And here's our next delightful song. Adam, tell me if you recognize this song. I feel like I'm going to. You really don't recognize this? Sam is so skinny And they whirl and they twirl and they dangle Singing and jingle Oh, I love those, like, classic keyboards Isn't that great? Electric piano, man, God Looks like muskrat love See, do you know what this is? I do not know Muskrat Love. Okay. It is called Muskrat Love, and I love the description in the Wikipedia article. (laughs) This is how it reads. Muskrat Love is a soft rock song written by Willis Allen Ramsey. The song depicts a romantic liaison between two anthropomorphic muskrats named Susie and Sam. (laughs) (laughs) I love the internet. Like just just take that description at face value. Someone sat down and wrote a song about two muskrats in love. And it became a huge hit. Hey man, muskrats love each other, you know? <laughs> Apparently. Okay, anyway. Move moving on. Moving on. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Thank you. I agree. A little bit more about Daryl Dragon before we move on. Dragon, a classically trained pianist, was most at home behind the keyboard. One of his early gigs was a, as a backup musician for the Beach Boys in the mid-1960s. Mm. Dragon and Tennille met in 1971 when she hired him to play piano for a musical called Mother Earth. They married in 1975, a year after they signed a deal with A&M Records. Their first album produced the hit single, Love Will Keep Us Together, which enjoyed multiple weeks atop the Billboard charts. Sadly, after almost 40 years of marriage, Dragon and Tennille separated in 2013 and finalized their divorce in 2014. However, they did remain close friends. Oh, then why get divorced? I'm just yeah. kidding. And, and ironic that one of their biggest hits is called Love Will Keep Us Together. <laughs> I guess it won't. <laughs> All right, Adam, if you're in agreement, I think the captain should complete the second of our three-room apartments along with Penny Marshall and Super Dave Osborne. We got them filled up, man. Two two apartments full. So let it be written. So let it be done. But that's not all, Adam. I know. Sadly, we have candidates for our next apartment as well. Yeah, I feel like the first week of 2019, the first couple of days were like, hey, by the way, 
everyone's going to die. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. However, we'll not discuss those here. We'll discuss those at next week's meeting. Perfect. But before we go today, we can't leave today without playing some hotline messages. So I got to be honest, I went on two or three road trips this, this holiday season, and I meant to call in every time. I 100% forgot and was just going to call from like the couch when I got to wherever I was and be like, hey, this is my audio road, my road audio diary. <laughs> and then I forgot to do that. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't even call from the couch. See, creating a good road trip audio diary is not easy. <laughs> it's not, it's not for the faint of, of podcasters. <laughs> no, no, we only have, listen, at the moment, there's only one true expert. No, the Road Warrior is definitely leading the charge. Yes, and that'll be Jerry Orn. But you're never going to get better if you don't call in, like, you know, Christopher DeVos did. So he's on his way. That's Even Christopher DeVos was able to do something you weren't able to do. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, speaking of the Road Warrior and the Jerry Orn Road Trip Audio Diary, I had the conclusion from his most recent trip. Oh, this is great news. And here it is now. Yo, this is a check-in. This is Jerry Orn. This is how I talked. Okay. Ooh. And just checking in uh, this road trip. Uh, we are over a 1,000 miles on the road now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. Yesterday, we were in Long Beach, California, and I spent about three hours on a few different conference calls driving around the inner city of Long Beach, uh, trying to get off of the conference calls or have those conference calls end so that I could subsequently uh, find a hotel and a place to park the truck and trailer. So not easy to uh, kill three hours driving around California. We finally ended up parking in a in a grocery store, uh, finished up the conference calls, and then got to a hotel room later that night. So uh, that was the quick check-in, headed back to Vegas now, and... Uh, Hopefully some rest and relaxation for the next couple of days. Check in again. Bye. So there okay. you go. Well, I mean, I, I was a little bit nervous because I couldn't hear it very well, but then you clicked it in right in time to hear him say, and this is how I talk. So that immediately alleviated my fears. Jerry, thank you for sending in the conclusion of your California road trip audio diary. Yeah, so like, I mean, what does is, what is the road warrior do? Is he like a truck driver, a big rig driver? Is he just a, a well-traveled family man? You know, a guy like the Road Warrior, you never know his true identity. That's right. You never ask questions like that, foolishly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on to our next message. Okay. Hey, Gravity Beard. This is Christopher DeVos. Hey, buddy. And for my New Year's resolution, I vow to eat more cake. I love that. That's a good one. Wait, did he say this is how I talk? No. We don't know if that's him. (laughs) Crap. I don't know who just called in and said they were going to eat more cake. <laughs> it sounds like an imposter to me. You know, you know, to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> I think the original reason why we said this is how I talk is to authenticate like celebrity or mystery mystery guests. Okay, let's let's rephrase that because the celebrities authenticated themselves so that we would know that it was the really them. Right, no that's what I meant, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, but I'm just saying People that we know personally, we really never ask them to authenticate themselves by saying this is how we talk. I don't know, man. You know, identity theft is a real problem in today's world. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Okay, we won't make it a requirement. It's it's not a hard and fast policy of the GBI. However, if you want to make sure 
that we really know who you are, no matter who you are that calls in, you might want to say, this is how I talk. Right. Because, I mean, it could be anyway. I mean, so you don't have to, but then the risk of us not knowing who you are is, you know. That's a good point. Because quite honestly, just about anybody could say that I'm going to eat more cake as the resolution. That could be any number of human beings. And it, I mean, a standard male, you know, the American male, it could be anybody. Yeah. Good point. Okay. All right. Here's our next message. Uh, yeah, this is the Colonel with my New Year's resolution. Yes. I'm going to give up liver. I don't think I've had any since 1954, but my damn sure won't have any more. That is all. (laughs) I do want to say two things. Number one, is he going to give up his liver? I don't think he can because if he still wants to drink. But number two, I had to go back and re-listen to his... um, Louisiana recount of the, the night, night before, before Christmas. Christmas, which was amazing. Yeah, that was fantastic. Okay, I think you're going to be very interested in our next two messages. Okay. Now, I haven't listened to them, but I'm pretty sure that they address the conflict we had at the beginning of our last episode regarding Frosty the Snowman. This should be interesting. Hey, how St. Nicholas saved my life. He saved my life. When I was a young buck, I ran with a bad crowd. Hell's heard. Meanest fond in the northern hemisphere, bar none. We go out drinking every night, getting into fights, knocking over rigaloos. Back in the day, I had this tattoo on my shoulder of a flaming deer skull. Nice. With a fiery tail coming off it, like a comet. That's how I got my nickname, Skull. Yeah, this is Skull, part of the eight, the elite reindeer Santa's herd. And I'm listening to your most recent podcast, your New Year's special. You're talking about Frosty the Snowman. Let me tell you a couple things about Frosty. And you got it right on the money. Frosty is an a-hole. <laughs> yeah, he pretends to be all nice and kind and good to people, but he's a total a-hole. Yeah, throwing snowballs at people, (laughs) melting water on their carpet. When he comes in their house, he is not to be trusted. So you were right when you said he's going to threaten kids and come back and get them. Anyway, this is Comet, part of the eight, the elite. This is how I talk. Oh, there you go. Boom. Oh, and one more thing. You guys hear from that guy Clay from the Fish Nerds? Also, total jerk. Don't listen to him. He doesn't know Jack. Anyway... (laughs) Happy New Year. And next year, Comet leading the team, Rudolph. Don't even get me started on Rudolph. Before Rudolph met Santa, he was a poor, deformed, little reindeer buck. I can go on. I can go on all day. I knew it. I knew it. Dude, that... No. I refuse to accept the fact because the documentation states, I'll be back again someday, not I'll get you kids. Okay, as I stated, I got the quote wrong, but I got the intention correct. You you did not get the intention correct. The Listen, implication, I don't know what if you scuff, will. Wait, wait, who who was that called? Was that who? That was who, Comet. Who, that was Comet. Comet. One okay. of the elite eight. One of Santa's right. reindeers. Correct. Who knows? Is, who knows Frosty personally? Right, but I don't know. Comet sounds like he's been hitting the bottle pretty hard. And what a random call out to Clay Groves. <laughs> yeah, why is Comet going after Clay? <laughs> I know. Clay's a really nice guy. I love that dude. He himself said that his own superpower was that people like him. Yeah. I mean, it's no perfectly cooked bagel like Derek Glasscock, but 
I mean, that's a, that's a pretty strong super. So, I mean, to call out Clay Groves sounds like the kind of person who would call Frosty an a-hole. Okay. Well, let's just say that on the record, Comet, one of the Elite Eight, confirms what I said and that Frosty's a big jerk and he probably meant, I'm going to get you kids. Let's just say that that's, that's on the record. It's just, somebody has made that claim. It's on the record. Not just somebody. <laughs> you who like Christmas so much have to admit that Comet, one of the Elite Eight, has some credibility, at least some. He has some credibility. It just sounds like he's having a bad day. Well, how would you like to hear from Frosty himself? Ah, uh, let's hear from Frosty. Hi, this is Frosty the Snowman, I hope it's and the this real is how Frosty. I talk. I'm calling to settle your debate. Chris, I was being nice to the children. Aww. They were crying, and I said, don't you cry. I'll be back again someday. I was telling them that they shouldn't cry because I was coming back the next winter. Uh-huh. I don't know what threat you were reading into it, but maybe you should stop paying too much attention to the news. All right. I hope you had a Merry Christmas and have a Happy New Year. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yes. <laughs> Dude, for a split second there, I thought... I thought Frosty was gonna say, like, and stop being such a fing asshole or something like that. <laughs> yeah, See, uh, as think- I was listening to that, I, I was thinking this could really all of a sudden take a sharp left turn. I was like, I was almost like cringing, I'm like, oh, this is gonna go bad, and it didn't because you know what? Frosty is a sweet freaking person, okay? That's like the most glorious snowman that you could ever hope for. So, and, and that call proved it. And how could somebody get mad at, 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 at that? So I, I think Comet, who is awesome, had a bad day and maybe got into a little tussle. But Frosty was coming to bring cheer into the hearts of the children. You heard it from himself. Okay. All right. Fine. I, I admit, especially hearing from Frosty himself, who did authenticate it, you know, yeah. who he was. He did say, this is how I talk. Yeah. I admit that I, I might have. I mean, I'm going to go back and talk to talk to Comet and find out why he misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. But we did hear from Frosty directly himself, and he did say that he was trying to be encouraging to the children. Okay. Adam, how about a little Luke from the road? Oh, well, you know, last time he almost got mauled by an animal using his uh, last 5% of his battery to call the Gravity Weird hotline instead of emergency services. Yes, Thank you for reminding us where we left off. I'm very <laughs> eager to find out where he is currently. This should be good. Okay, guys. This is Luke, and this is how I talk. Okay. So, uh, apparently this blew up in my face. <laughs> uh, so, if it's a connecting flight, they can reroute it in case of trouble. And there was trouble, and they rerouted my plane to O'Hare, meaning my Dallas plan failed again. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It gets better. So... I thought to myself, well, I'll just enjoy the flights and the diversion until I get back to Naples Airport. Um, guys, I found out why the tickets needed a passport, and it wasn't because <laughs> the connection went through an international airport. <laughs> well, as you may heard, and I forgot, there is a Naples, Italy. Oh, no! Buenos <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the food's good, but... I was completely unprepared for a visit overseas. <laughs> Fortunately, I met some nice backpackers who were, I guess, doing an old Europe trip thingy. 
So I'm tagging along with them through Venice while they're heading Ooh. through Italy, and I'm, you know, I'm fixing everyone breakfast in exchange for letting me stay in their hostel tonight. No, that's good. I mean, it's not bad, but I mean, <sighs> ugh. Uh, you know what? I'll let everyone know what's happened when I get stateside. <laughs> I mean, these guys are nice, so I may stay with them a few more days until I get my bearings. Anyhow, this is Luke Dunskis. <laughs> Man, okay. You know, can I say two things? Yeah. First of all, well, three things. And I'll say I'll say the last one first. Actually, I am very much looking forward to when Luke is finally successful and he shows up to, at my house. That would I be glorious. I can't wait to see him. Secondly, I really admire his determination. No matter what adversity, no matter what mistakes he makes, no matter how many thousands of dollars he spends on car rides, <laughs> cab rides, <laughs> plane rides, train rides, it doesn't matter. He just keeps on going. I think that's really, really it's admirable. admirable. Yeah. And, and the, the last thing, man, he does, this, he's a great example to all of us because no matter what happens, he also makes the best of it. Yeah, yeah, he's making breakfast. He's backpacking through <laughs> Venice. I mean, yeah, like I, like I know he had to avoid death once or twice. Yep, yep, a couple times. But for the most part, he's really made, even that, he seemed pretty upbeat about it. And he's made the best of this whole thing. Uh, he has gotten frustrated a couple of times. But, you know, I think the most frustrating thing is that if he had gone to Arlington, Texas, he would have been right near you. Yeah, he would literally would have been like probably 30 minutes from my house. Yeah, and if he'd only been at the right airport and he went to Dulles instead of Dallas, you know, I mean, if he only, <laughs> he was so close, you know, so close. And now instead of going home, he's ended up overseas in Naples, Italy. Right, right. So at, at, at a phenomenal cost, you know, but he's, he's, he's making the best of it, like you said, man. <laughs> what a great attitude. Okay, yeah. well, well be- best of luck. I know you can do it. If there's, please, we're, we're, we want to encourage you. Keep on going. We can't wait to see you. That's right. All right, Adam. We can't ring in the new year without a call from this guy. Here's our last message. Oh, is it Peter DeVilbis? What's happening, Yay! Brother Colt? <laughs> Brother Adam? <Yay>! Woo! <laughs> it's Peter DeVilbis. Yes. My brothers. <laughs> How y'all been, man? I missed y'all on Christmas. Oh. So Merry Christmas to both of you and your families. And to you, Peter. And Happy New Year. Let me tell y'all something. This is going to be the shortest call I ever make to you guys because I am sick as a dog. (laughs) (laughs) All right? It doesn't sound like it, but really, I I am under the weather, all right? But um, I wanted to give you guys a call first thing in the new year. Um, I'll be calling with a better call next time, all right? Every call is the best, But like I said, and, and I'm... Dead serious. I am sick as a dog. All <laughs> 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 right, let me go because I got a cough. Peace. <laughs> I'd like to say to Peter, I think you better sleep now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like the fact that even though he was, as he was, as, as in my best New York accent, he was sick as a dog. Sick as a dog. He called in, gave us a hearty woo. You know, and, and a great message. You know, Peter can't leave a bad message. They're all spectacular. I believe him when he says he was really sick, but he was not off his game at all. Well, that kind of platinum content can't, you know, he just he's just too good. He can't be off his game. 
I know he's from New York, so I don't mean to sports offend him, but that reminded me a little bit of the f- of the famous Michael Jordan flu game. <laughs> yes, he comes through with an MVP performance. I know New York sports fans aren't big Jordan fans. I get it, but I mean, listen, he is the goat. Yeah. And and Peter, that was that was your flu game. That was still a, a fantastic message. Oh, man, that just brings my heart joy and happiness in the 2019 beginning of the year. Well, Adam, that concludes this week's staff meeting. That's such a bummer. Every time you say that to me, I get really bummed out. <laughs> well, is there anything you'd like to say before we go? <laughs> Actually, I would, Chris, and thank you for asking. I would like <laughs> to say that in all sincerity, I really loved what this group uh, came to be for last year and, and for what it was. And over the holidays, it really enhanced my holiday spirit just to see everyone still in there, still doing it, still going strong. And uh, it was just a really, really awesome, awesome end of the year. So thank everyone for just being the most amazing group of new friends that I found this year. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. And I hope when we say those things that people understand how sincere we're being. Yeah, I know we say it often, but it's because it's 100% true. Yeah, I agree. Thanks, okay. buddy. You bet. And I agree with everything you said. Let's finish up with our credits. If you are not in our Facebook group, please come join us there. We would genuinely love to have you. It's called the Gravity Beard Interns. People have called it their favorite place on the internet, Adam. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. The number for our hotline is 321-465-2180. You just heard what kind of gold you can deliver via that. You can find our show on Twitter by searching at the Gravity Beard. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, you can go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. And another warm welcome to Podcast 42. Please check out Adam on a delicious show called Feast on History with the great Carrie McGinnis. You can also find me on another fun show called Life is Messy with the lovely and talented Sarah Stapleton. If you found this show, you know where to find those. Our theme song is Walking the Dog. This catchy tune is called Above and Beyond. Both are by Silent Partner and can be found on the YouTube audio library. For my dear friend and co-host, Lord Saunders, I'm your other co-host, Toaf. This meeting is adjourned. Later. a fun show, man.